Hey, thanks for listening to Tebs Talks, the premier useless podcast. Don't forget to give it a like, give it a share, and follow the podcast to hear more episodes. Hey, what is up, people? It is Tebs Talks, the premier useless podcast. I am your host, Jason Tebs. Um, and a, a very interesting event is going on currently as I'm speaking. It's currently 8.23 p.m. Um, Mountain Time. And the date is currently October 20th, 2020. And a very, um, very unique event is happening right now. Um, most people probably don't even know what's going on. Um, however, hundreds of thousands of people in all over the world uh, have an idea of what is currently happening. And that is two elected representatives are currently playing a game called Among Us. Uh, with a bunch of famous Twitch and YouTube personalities. So, these are Exali- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, and Ilhan Omar, are currently playing, and I'm watching it right now on my other monitor, Among Us, with people like Dr. Lupo, Pokimane, Jacksepticeye, uh, Moist Critical. So, some pretty big names um, in the Twitch e- ecosystem. Which I think is actually really good. Not not just because I'm interested in Twitch and I regularly watch these individuals on their own personal streams. And not just because, oh, it's political season. You know, that's neat to see an elected or two elected representatives play a video game with their, or not with their, but with essentially people that I consume their content. But I I think it's cool from just a representation standpoint. Because when when you think of elected senators, or at least somebody like me who is really into video games, really into content creation, YouTube, Twitch, podcasts, um, you know, those sorts of mediums, I I grew up with YouTube. Like, I can remember YouTube in its infancy. Um, I, I was on Twitch when it was called Justin TV, right? I am that old school with Twitch where it used to be a completely different domain name. Um, and then they made their spinoff Twitch for gaming. So I, I've been in these spheres for so long. And when I think of a congressperson, I don't think of anybody who understands or is into these sorts of things. Or I don't I don't think of a person that's like, oh yeah, I can connect with these people that consume these platforms or consistently on these platforms. Now there may be plenty of senators that know what Twitch is and interact with it on a um, somewhat regular basis. Like that's totally a thing. I would imagine there are hundreds of senators. There've got to be plenty of them that know what Twitch is and interact with it, but it's not something that you readily see. However, AOC has maybe what we could call a cult following. She is very influential to a certain demographic of people. Um, She is very politicized in the media. Um, I wouldn't say as much, but she definitely was a lot more politicized, especially when she first kind of came onto the political scene. But it's really cool to see like elected officials interact with the different parts of the world that I interact with. And it it makes me feel like, okay, there are people elected that 
can understand the things I'm interested in and at least can show an interest in it. Now, is AOC going to be a full-time streamer after this? No, it is an event. Um, she's spreading the word to like go vote. They're not talking any policy. It's just simply uh, a couple of elected officials playing some video games with some people spreading the word to go vote because we got a huge election coming up um, in November and you can early vote in many states already. I submitted my ballot. Um, my wife submitted her ballot. You know, we've already voted. We've already submitted those. Um, so do I agree with AOC? Like, would I personally vote for AOC? Um, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with um, in terms of like the policies that she's fought for. Um, there's plenty of stuff I do agree with in terms of policies that she's fought for and the side that she's represented. Uh, it really depends on who her running mate would be. And she's representing New York, so I wouldn't even be able to vote for her if I wanted to because I live in Utah. So obviously different states. And she might be a in the House of Representatives. I'm not sure. So it's like not even all of New York is voting for it because I don't think she's a senator. And I don't care to fact check that right at this moment. I, that's not what I'm I'm getting at here. What what I'm getting at is people want to feel like they're represented by their government. That's why a lot of people um, in minority groups love to see and support um, fellow members of their groups uh, in in elections and in government. And uh, it's why, you know, when Mitt Romney was running for president, a lot of people of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints were, was like, hey, it's really cool to see somebody in, you know, a, a group I feel deeply a part of um, gun for the top, right? Now, there were plenty of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that I know of that didn't vote Mitt Romney. Like, that that's a great thing about politics is like, it's cool to see people in the groups that you identify with and the groups that you participate with have a voice and give that representation in those different forms of government. But also the great thing about U.S. politics um, and just people in general is just because they're from my group or a demographic that I'm part of um, doesn't mean I have to vote for them, right? Uh, so again, like... 2012 election. I know plenty of LDS people that didn't vote for Mitt Romney. Um, I know plenty of LDS people that did vote for Mitt Romney. Uh, you know, again, would I vote for AOC if I was, you know, in a place that she represented or represented, represented? Um, I, I don't know. Like, I'd have to look up, like, what are, what are the current issues? What are their stances on it? Um, who Who is running against her? So... It's not meant to be like, oh, yeah, AOC, she's playing video games with a lot of people I play with. Like, yeah, definitely get me in there. I'm going to I'm gonna vote for her. I'm going to advocate for her. I'm going to campaign for her. Um, Ilhan Omar, also Minnesota, she's playing as well. It's, it's, to, it's to get this idea that I never really understood until now how nice representation is. Because, I mean... Congress is full of a bunch of old white dudes and there will come a day where I'll be an old white dude. And like my dad's an old white dude and my grandpa was an old white dude. And you know, I got uncles that are old white dudes. Um, I, I know a lot of old white dudes. Uh, Congress is full of a lot of 
wealthy people and like all growing up i grew up upper middle class right i i my parents could help me through college um they were a huge help financially uh we never had to worry we never had to struggle so it's like oh yeah i as a future old white dude kind of see these people where i'm like oh hey that's cool oh yeah george bush an old white dude from texas like promote certain values like cool i can get behind that oh hey you know 2012 Mitt romney uh member of church of jesus christ of latter-day saints i'm a member of church of jesus christ of latter-day saints he's an old white dude i'm gonna be an old white dude he's really into you know uh business and uh the whole bane industries and whatever and you can have your own opinion separate opinion on bane industries but like hey he's he's making a lot of money i want to make a lot of money um so it wasn't until, you know, last election where I got a little more into politics because last election was the first election I could vote in. And I I realized, like, oh, I just want the government out of my life. You know, now I'm an adult. I just, like, like let me be me. Let me, fi- like, let me take care of me. Let me go to my support systems. Let me help the people around me. Like, get out of my, get out of my way. So I was very, you know, Gary Johnson. Um and then this election, you know, I, I have a child, I have a mortgage, I got expenses I got to pay, and life's a little more heavy. It's more fulfilling, but it's a lot more heavy, and there's a lot more on the line now that I'm 25 and voting in my second election. Um, so I, I'm sitting here, and I'm like looking at these two front runners for president, and I just I don't jive with either one of them. I'm like, what What do either of you offer that feels like is represented to me? And you look you look around at other senators, and the ones that are always in the news are always the controversial ones for whatever reason. Um, so I only hear about, oh, you know, this controversial person, that controversial person. And I'm like, I just want somebody that's like, that just kind of understands what I'm going through and that can talk to me and represent me or like get where I'm coming from and get that I'm – a nerdy kid, a nerdy 25-year-old, starting a family, starting a career, just trying to make it by. Um, and I like to consume these different things. And like my views on how copyright um, gets enforced on YouTube, I feel like that needs to be readdressed in the copyright laws in general and seeing Disney extend copyright laws years and years and years, which I think's you know, bad for everyone as a whole it's like you know when's somebody going to talk about the things that are going to pique my interest now there are definitely topics that are more important than some of these things that we got to get addressed too uh and different candidates are going to propose their different platforms and i'm going to look into them however i'm going to look into but it's just nice to see somebody's like hey they're interacting with the mediums i interact with and it's getting more people involved um, it's getting more people, uh, in the limelight to share their message or to promote people getting active in these things. And hopefully it, it shares a message of like, oh, it's not just these people you see in the news cycle. There are others out there. Um, I mean, AOC and Ilhan Omar have been in the news cycle plenty, right? But maybe somebody is like, oh, I can't vote for Elhan Omar. I can't vote for AOC, but I'm watching this stream. It's really big. What's going on here? Oh, maybe I should get involved, look into my own 
local representatives, my senators, my congressmen, congresswoman, uh, who's up for election this year. You know, my, my governors, my county seats, uh, all those different things. I just want people to be informed. Um, and my age group, like AOC is way closer to me in age than Biden or Trump is. Um, way closer in age. So it's just cool to see. I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back to it. And we are back. So I just did a quick Google search, average age of Congress. And as of December 2018, the 115th Congress was 58 years or 57.8 years of senators. Yeah. So the, okay. So the average age of members of the House at the beginning of the 115th Congress was 57.8 years of Senators 61.8 among the oldest in U.S. history. So the average age is 57.8 years old for the House and for the Senate it's 61.8. That was as of December 2018. Now... That's among the oldest in U.S. history. A lot of people would be like, oh, you know, we'll just average them out to 60. Like, 60 is not terribly old. 60 still has a lot of years ahead of you. 60 is an age where, like, people have gone through their careers. They have a lot of life that they've lived. Um, and I'm conflicted about that 60-year-old being the average in Congress as a whole. And not that I'm like, oh, people that are 60 or older shouldn't be able to run for Congress. A lot of people get jaded and they're like, oh, well, you're going to be making and voting on laws that you're going to die before any impact happens. Like, let the people of the future make the laws of the future. No, no, no. I, I think I think a wide variety of age ranges representing is a good thing. Again, I like it when people can feel like they're represented. So people of an older age being represented, great people of a younger age being represented great my problem is you get these people that have been in for years and years and years and years and years and years and years they're going on into their late or like into their 80s heck possibly 90s and it's like they're just getting elected time after time after time after time and the person that comes to my mind for that exact thing is Utah's former um, Orrin Hatch. Frick, that guy was the longest-serving U.S. senator in history. Well, longest-serving Republican and longest-serving senator from Utah. So there maybe was a Democrat that served longer. But freaking Orrin Hatch was in office for 42 years. And he didn't get voted out. He retired. He was like, okay, Frick, I'm... 86 years old <laughs> peace out i'm done that is that's where i have the problem where these you know senators and house representatives can be in there for 42 years like that's got to be limited i think even half that long is a long time like the president is eight years max and that began ceremoniously because, oh, Washington only did eight years, so we're, we're going to respect him and only do eight years. And then, uh, frick, who was it? FDR was elected four times, served like 16 years or something like that. And then everybody was like, okay, we got we to gotta actually put it in the laws where a uh, president can only serve eight years. So presidents are to eight years. And I think 
reps like congressmen, um, congresswomen, or House representatives, senators, sure, like their limits should be longer, but 20 years at the most. It's just my personal just my personal thought on that. It's like, let's get new ideas in there. And here's the reason why Orrin Hatch stayed in office for as long as he did. Because there were plenty of people that were like, okay, Orrin Hatch has got to go. Um, the reason why Orrin Hatch... So Orrin Hatch, when he was running for Utah Senate, he ran on a platform of term limits. <laughs> Which is ironic because he ended up serving the longest for a Republican senator in history. 42 years, okay? He was in there so long where he was like top dog in the Republican Party. You know, like what Orrin Hatch said goes. And he had a ton of influence. So everybody in Utah, and Utah's a Republican state already. But everybody in Utah was like, hey, we got to keep this guy in there because he has a lot of influence. And he can convince people to, or he can get deals done that are going to benefit Utah. You know, at least that's, that's the idea at least, right? You have a representative that's been in there for 42 years. They have plotting of influence, you know, riding at the top of the Republican party. And you're like, okay, I am a generally Republican person from Utah. I want my voice and ideals to be represented and voted upon. And Warren Hatch has that power. I I get why he was in there for so long. I don't agree with it. I think a law should have capped it at some point because if he didn't retire, he'd still be in there today. So yeah, we got Warren Hatch in there for 42 years and does he understand my generation? No. Like we need more young people to be representing. But again, I'm conflicted on that because and I'm going to I'm going to go to the uh like presidency of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints it's a bunch of old guys predominantly white um there are some other nationalities and races represented but it's predominantly white it is a utah-based church right so but they're all very old guys and i forgot which one of them said it. i think it was bednar he got asked a question like hey do you believe like the quorum of the 12 apostles and the presidency of the church is too old and too white. Or I think it was just too old. Um, like shouldn't more young people be represented? And he said, would you rather have elderly men who are closer to the end of their lives, who have seen a lot in their lives, who have experienced a lot in their lives, who have gone through and done a lot in their lives and really studied up on things and come to their conclusions running a worldwide organization like this church or would you rather it be headed by you know young people that still are just trying to figure themselves out they're still just trying to get their feet underneath them they're trying to find their way in the world and find where they belong and he's like yeah you know, it's great to have representation from other ages, but a position like this, you know, you're giving up everything to be in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles or the presidency of the church. Like, you are giving up careers, you are giving up time with your family, um, and you are fully representing this church. So, there are 
are probably plenty of younger generation people that wouldn't want to make that sacrifice and we don't ask that of them. So uh, a representative for the government is different because they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do that. Um, and it's kind of like a career, but there is that idea like, Hey, they have experienced a lot in life. They have seen a lot of things. Um, they, you know, should be older, wiser, and at the very least should be represented. But when it's like a religion that has certain doctrines that really aren't ever going to change versus politics and law, which can change constantly, you know, law was written by man. It can be changed by man. Um, you know, there's kind of a contrast where if, if you believe it's God law, God's law and it shouldn't change or the law of man and it can change, uh, I, there is a bit of a difference there. So that's why it's like, yeah, I'm part of a church organization where it's, you know, a bunch of really old guys kind of taking the helm. And there have been times where I'm like, that does seem a little dated, but I've also seen huge changes since I was younger in the way the church kind of like operates and the 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 policies and the practice now the doctrine hasn't changed but again the policies practice acceptance um of a lot of things it it gets there right and some of these like ingrained organizations like a huge political structure or a a, a worldwide church like they are going to be slow to change they have a lot of moving parts and my generation you know we got used to okay you got to be kind of quick on your feet because uh, 2001, huge recession, 2008, huge recession, 2020, huge recession, like boom, boom, boom. We've all lived through it as millennials. We've all seen the negative effects that come out of it. Like we got to be on our toes. We're kind of fighting for ourselves. So we do want somebody in there to represent us and to be part of our demographic and to share the experiences that we have and understand where we're coming from. But I'm also like, listen, I don't think I would trust any 25 year old i don't think i would trust any person my age to be an elected official in like the house or the congress or congress i don't don't know if legally they even could but it's just like i'm a 25 year old and i understand how lost i am (laughs) right like and heck maybe 30 year olds aren't even maybe we're all lost no matter what age we are but i don't know it was just like a cool event seeing aoc and ilhan omar they're, they're still playing. I'm going to get back to watching that. But that's just kind of what I was thinking. Like, it's, it's just neat to see politics kind of say, nod to the things I'm into and be like, hey, I, I see you over there. Um, and I want to be a part of it. Again, I'm not endorsing AOC or Ilhan Omar. They aren't even in my, you know, representative areas. Um, I just wanted to kind of open up that thought of i think it's neat uh get out there and vote and follow me on twitter at pummelhead buy my book five keepers moonbrook i've been you know reading live um some of the chapters and i will catch you all in the next episode peace